Disclaimer, Joss, Jules, and Nevermore are not professional therapists. They will be sharing their personal experiences and advice, but this is in no way a substitute for professional help. There is also a good chance of swearing, tears, and triggering conversations, so listener discretion is advised. And welcome to Slaying Demons, a podcast about facing your fears in life and being the best version of yourself. I am your host, Jocelyn, and joining me this week is my wonderful co-host, Jules. How you doing, lady? Hi, it's just me tonight. I know, sadly, Nevermore is sick. She had a, a doctor visit or a hospital visit, one of the two yesterday that didn't go very well. She is, yeah, needs all of your hugs and encouragement and love. Please do send those over to Nevermore over on Twitter because, uh, yeah, she's she's a hurting unit tonight. So yeah, she, unfortunately, she is fine. Yeah, she just has a really bad cold, really, like could be bronchitis, and she's not talky. So yeah, so uh, <laughs> we completely understand and we miss you. We love you, girl. Sorry you're not feeling good. <laughs> I know there's literally a giant black hole where Nevermore should be, and we can. <laughs> totally feel it today on the podcast but uh, I know we're we are going to power through anyways it's the it's the double j show tonight <laughs> just Jules and just Jules yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so how has your past week been any anything big going on I know you have at least one kind of mm, pouty sad update to give <laughs> yeah and actually it kind of drives the show topic tonight which is is I guess fitting. Mm -hmm. um, so last week we talked about how it w I had put a um, an offer in on a townhome and I was waiting to hear back. I didn't hear back until the morning and my realtor called me very forlornly and told mm -hmm. me that I didn't get it. And um, which is fine. You know, the, the disappointing thing was that she was never notified that there was another offer on the table even that evening, but they were way above. Mm. I, I was... I bid asking price and they went way above it. And I didn't have the opportunity to know that or have a chance to try to counter. Not that I really could have, but you know, it would have been nice yeah. to know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I guess it depends like how far above asking they were, you know, like it, it's the kind of thing where it's like, do you want to hear? Do you even want to know? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, so yeah. Knowing it, you were just out like, of the running might help ish. Yeah. <laughs> It would have been nice to know, but the, the, the seller wanted to sleep on it overnight. Mm. So we had to wait until the morning and they decided, of course, to go with the larger offer because who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you're trying to make money back on your investment. I get it. Um, you know, and I, so I've been trying to like keep my chin up and keep smiling. Um, and, but at the same time, like the day of that I find out that this is happening, I also heard that my second job, which I've been doing for my previous employer, which has been roughly, I mean, I, I bring in about maybe $200 a month, extra money mm. from them, um, that they're pretty much going to phase me out. They want me to train the girl who's working in the office on the stuff mm. that I've been doing. 
Which so, again, also kind of makes sense, right? Because this is the job that you had before you did the big move, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you've been, I guess, working remotely for them doing stuff? Yeah. And, you know, the job that I've been doing is a super complicated task and something that it was, it's going to be difficult. Like I have to train her this week on it. I don't know how I'm going to do it because it's really not easy to learn. But, you know, so there goes that extra income, which, mm-hmm. you know, of course, my dad being my awesome dad is saying, you know, at least you found this out before you actually signed an offer. That is true too. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I took some knocks this week and it actually, it drove the show topic mm-hmm. for the week. Um, and, uh, and as it turned out for that, I mean, Jocelyn and I kind of talked about stuff related to this and I've been trying to keep my chin up, but it's been, it's been tough. Like I've been really down and struggling with a bit of depression in the last couple of days, kind of over the weekend too. Like I've been really kind of pushed, trying to push myself out of it Mm -hmm. and it's getting better, but it was, it was a little rough. It was rough and we'll get, we'll get into that as we go through, but, um, you know, you just, you, you, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad, but it's like, Oh, <laughs> why can't this just be easy? It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, this is excellent kind of segue into our show topic this week, which is the idea of basically falling behind the curve. And I am using huge air quotes here because everyone's curve is different and it's all relative and you know, where you should be again, air quotes in life is you know, really part of the problem is we, we see so many people our age or younger or older, like we just have so much information about other people now where, you know, you used to have your, uh, I guess, close friends and and your family and you might hear like through the grapevine, oh, so-and-so is doing great. But now with social media, especially everything, and obviously we've talked about this before, people tend to just post the good stuff on social media, but it's like, you get the feeling of like, everyone's like here and I'm like here and it doesn't feel good. And so basically it's just the idea of this curve and where you should be and where everyone else is. And, and when you feel like you've fallen behind in one realm of life or another, basically, how do you deal with that? So Jules, your, your kind of demon, the one you're fighting is, is specifically house hunting. Right. Yeah, and and mainly it's it's a financial secu- it's financial comfort, um, and so I mean you know, obviously I I, I mean I, I can't talk about the details of where things led to right. get me to this point, um, because I'm legally forbidden to do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which pisses me off. But in any case, I'm legally I am legally forbidden to speak of the details. But I can say this: I didn't expect to be where I am right now. Right. I didn't expect that I would be starting over um, and starting over in a position where I, I was comfortably financially secure and now I am not. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have to basically rebuild a lot of stuff. And so getting so what happened is for me is I, I moved to my apartment in Madison after the split up and. I, I got my own place, but I didn't have any money. I, I just was barely making it until everything got settled with the property. Um, then I got some money based off the house because we both owned a house and it was, you know, I got some money off of that. But I also had to spend a tremendous amount of money in uh, in lawyer bills, yeah. <laughs> and, um, which was very, very painful and difficult. So um I have been kind of, and then I moved to Minneapolis and now I live in a place where 
I am at the very top end of my budget and I did not expect the additional expenses that I would have for how much my health insurance would be Mm. per month. And so, and it keeps going, like it went up from like last year to this year. So, um, I am basically in the red every, every month, just trying to kind of scrape by. Um, and so what I've been doing is just kind of holding out the reason why I'm looking for a place is because it's so much cheaper to purchase a place and have it than to pay rent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's insane how much money rent is out here because there's just not a whole lot of options for renting places. So, um, it, that long story short, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get ahead. I'm trying to be in a situation where I actually can have a little discretionary income because you know what? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to think twice before I would buy a skin in Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me tremendously because I don't like being in that position. I would like to be able to be in a position where I don't have to worry and I could take a vacation without having to just like, you know, where's the money going to come from? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't going to be able to go to Nerdtacular this year. And because of the generosity of friends, I'm going because of them, you know, yeah. like I can't afford to go. And they're, they're, they're just saying you're coming and I'm making sure that you're going to be here. Um, which is a tremendous thing, but I don't want to be in that position. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to, uh, accept help really <laughs> you're right. very I mean, you're very strong you're very independent so the idea of having to you know even if you're not putting your hands out even if you're sitting on your hands and being super stubborn and having us shove money down your shirt <laughs> like you <laughs> literally literally, literally yeah will yeah. not accept help because you're just so used to being um just independent not only financially but just as a person you're just a very independent person like either i can do it or it's not happening <laughs> well i mean it's and it's it's the way i've always been mm-hmm. and you know fiercely independent and never wanting to take a handout from somebody because there's so many other people who are more worthy in my mind yes you know and so when i look at that and i say okay I well, say yes I because I know how how you see it. Not how saying I, yes how I, because I agree with you. I'm saying no. yes because I can see your point of view. <laughs> you, you see how I view the yes, world. Yes, yes. And um, I, I, so I'm, you know, going to be 43 in July, and I feel so my behind the curve feeling is like, well, it's really hard to start over like this again. You know, I had security and I had comfort and everything changed. And I'm really glad that it did because I was not in a good situation. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. And I'm much happier now. I'm much happier, you know, but I was, my, my down depressing moments was like, God, why is this so hard, you know, to start over, to have to scrape. And I'm, I'm backtracking again because I may have to choose a place to, to purchase that isn't in my preferable area to live because it's too expensive Mm -hmm. or, you know, and so how do I get past it? You know, I read something to make your point earlier. You were talking about how everything seems so rosy on social media. Mm -hmm. I read something recently, which really just keeps resounding in my head. And it's like, don't compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. (laughs) That's a really, really good way of looking at it. 
because I know, well, I don't, uh, I, I really don't post too much on social media anymore. Um, I, I, I kind of outgrown it, I guess, because yeah. when I was in university it was right when Facebook became a thing. It was like my, I think third or fourth year of university when Facebook got opened up to colleges and universities. And I remember it was like, oh my God, I think I, if you go back in my Facebook to like 10 years ago and there, there are literally like an album for Thursday night and it's 60 pictures. And then there's an album for Friday night and it's 60 pictures. And I'm like, oh my God, like now I might take a picture at Christmas with my family. (laughs) Right. So I just, I just don't have that much to share. I don't have that many moments that I feel like are selfie worthy. Like, so I just, I just don't, I just don't. Um, Plus, I think it's also, I mean, I sit here and I record video podcasts and I stream multiple times a week. So I'm just like, I may not have like photos, but I've got a whole hell of a lot of me on video. So yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's like you're you're going to see me out there whether you want to or not, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I just uh, will. I have I don't I don't share too, too much on social media in terms of just like my personal life. But um, that's also, I think even more so contributing to the feeling because I'm just like, I feel like I have nothing to share because I see everybody else posting like, here's my new job or here's my new house or here's my wedding or here's my baby. And you know, like, I'm just like, I, I, I have a podcast. I got those. (laughs) Like, so I just, I feel like, um, it's, it's twofold, right? You're seeing everyone else's and then not having your own to share. And it's just like, this is making everything so much more acute, you know? Like, it yeah. just feels so much more important because everyone else has all of this sharing and I have none of the sharing. And so it just, yeah, it makes things a little bit more difficult, this whole social media thing. And you're right. You try to be like, oh, well, yeah, they, because I think Nicole Spag actually said to me one time, I, I commented on how adorable Mateo was being in this video that she posted. And she's like, yeah, but what I didn't post was the 20 minute breakdown that happened like two minutes after that. <laughs> so yeah, you don't see that. And, um, and she's living that, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it is, it's, it's really funny. The, the idea of a highlight reel, because that's exactly what it is. It's the parts of your life that you think are worth sharing with, in some cases, if you're talking about either a public Facebook post or Twitter, it's something you think the whole entire world needs to know. You know, like, I just have the cutest baby of life or look at my new mansion. Like, they are very much like the high points. And it's like, that is one tiny section and you didn't see the, you know, eight months that they were searching for a house before they found that or, you know, the ridiculously difficult fertility treatment they had to go through in order to have this beautiful baby or, you know, you don't see all the bad, you don't see all the heartbreak, you don't see all the the kind of trials that people have to go through and all you see is the, well, now they have that, why the hell don't I have that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that leaves you still, I mean, if you're, if that's all you're consuming, if you're, if you're going through social media and that's what's out there, you know, I, I would say the majority, 85 to 90% of it is the highlight reel, the, the triumphs, the celebrations, the cool stuff, the things to make you smile. How can you not mm-hmm. um, feel like you're behind the curve when you don't feel like you have the same to share? 
Mm-hmm. And and we're not because uh, there's uh, Cinderflame in the chat room right now is saying don't shame folks or oversharing. I'm and I'm not. I'm totally not there. We have talked on previous episodes about how if it's negatively affecting you, there's all kinds of tools you can use to filter your online experience. So I'm definitely not shaming anyone for oversharing because yeah. I think. Um, there, though there are a lot of people who that is their way that they communicate with their family or, you know, like there, there are ways to curate your experience to make it the best for you. But it's, it's funny because, and it's, and it's not only social media, social media is just the new hotness, I guess. Like uh, previous to that, I would say it's things like, you know, TV and movies would have been big factors in setting the curve. Right. Right. So, and I mean, the curve is, it's very traditional. It's very like, I mean, 18-year-old Jocelyn would have been doing things like watching Buffy and watching Friends and, you know, all these things that are very much like you were in school, you did university, once you were done that, then, you know, you're in your mid-20s and, you know, you you live on your own and then you meet the man of your dreams and it's this perfect romantic awesomeness and then after the perfect romantic awesomeness you get married and oh my god, you hit 30 and you're not married? Well, that's an episode in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there have been a lot of different curves set over the years and social media is just the newest way that we are established establishing and then also taking in what the curve is. So I think that, you know, it's not like this is anything new. It's just that it's always in your face now, I think. It used to be that I would go to a movie or I would, you know, watch TV. And even if I watch TV every single night, which let's be honest, I did. I either watched TV or played video games. I was consuming entertainment all night, every night. But I still had a job or a, you know, a school or something that took up the majority of my day where I wasn't being smacked in the face with where I should be, you know? And then so now social media just makes it so that it's always there, like constantly when you wake up in the morning, when you go to sleep at night, like every single hour in between, it's just like, hey, Jocelyn, do you have a house yet? How's that job going? Did you get a promotion? Oh, wait, you work for yourself. So guess not. (laughs) You know, smack, 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 smack. Right. That's me getting smacked in the face with the curve all day. (laughs) And the curve exists in your own head. Exactly. You know, (laughs) we know this. Rational selves know this. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's difficult. It's difficult because you're not the one, the only one who lives on the planet. And therefore, you're sitting there looking at it and saying, you know, um, what are my, what are my, my friends thinking of me? What are my family thinking of mm-hmm. me? Um, I literally had a conversation with a, a friend today who was like, yeah, I, I can understand why you're not dating right now. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, cause he was like, Hey, I know you were, you went through a really tough time. It makes sense why you're not dating. And it's like, well, so I've got like the built-in excuse, like, oh, you had a bad breakup and now you, it's okay for you not to date. <laughs> like, it was just like, uh, yeah, you know, about that. I'm really just not that interested in ever getting married again, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of fine on my I'm own. kind of good. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I, and it was like, well, I'm not adverse to having, you know, to having someone in my life, but it's like, hey, I... No, no, don't want to get married again. Uh, don't even think I would ever cohabitate with someone again. And uh, yeah, so they're going to have to, you know, jump all those hurdles. And don't have kids because I don't want kids either. So. 
<laughs> and, but I'm like bucking every trend mm -hmm. of what would be the curve, you know? Yeah. And well, and Hachikuma in the chat room is saying there is no curve. It's only your culture and your age. And, and that's basically exactly what I, what I'm saying is everyone's, everyone's perceived curve is different. And so like technically, no, there, there is no specific way that people should live their lives. They are their lives. They can do with them what they may. But, um, when I'm saying what the curve is to me, and I'm, if I've been air quoting this whole entire episode, but what I'm saying the curve is to me is basically my own and each and everyone's individual's own perception of where the world thinks that they should be at any given time in their life based on culture, age, location, everything. Um, and, and that plus where you feel yes. you should fit to the curve because that's what you like. It's either what you want or it's what you think you should want. Yes. And I think that uh, for me personally, anyways, uh, if you looked at what 18-year-old Jocelyn thought her life was going to be, it very much would have been, you know, uh, graduate high school, go to university for four years, meet someone in university, get married a couple of years after that, have some kids around the late 20s, you know, and then just have this awesome career because you had your kids young. So that's when you're doing your seasonal type contract. You work anyway. That's a great time to throw the kids in there. Then you got the kids. And then by the time they're you're old enough and going to school, that's perfect because that's when you're going to be CEO of, of a GIS company. And that was, you know, Jocelyn was going to be president of something when she was 35. God damn it. <laughs> so that was kind of my, I guess, ideal timeline, shall we say. Yeah. That's how I thought yeah. everything was going to work. And then my schooling ended up not working out the way I thought it was going to be. And that took six years instead of four. And then I have terrible taste in men, present boyfriend excluded. And yes. so I, you know, didn't meet the right person and had some very terrible experiences there, which then set that whole thing back. Then, and I think my, one of the biggest things that I'm currently struggling with is my career because thinking that you're going to be the super smart youngest president of the world ever, <laughs> then, you know, ending up working for yourself, they are vastly different imagined futures. Right. So for yeah. me, I, I thought I was going to be one place. And then because of different choices that I made, um, my, my industry was actually really, really difficult at the time that I got into it because it was very much like cutting edge. There weren't a lot of jobs out there because companies had realized the, I guess, potential for GIS. So yep. I was essentially trying to convince people that I was worth it all the time. And I had contracts and seasonal jobs because no one had GIS in the budget because they half the time didn't even know what it was or what it could do for them. So right. then I was in meetings constantly being like, well, I can do this, this, and this, and this, but I can't do it in six weeks. So you're going to have to like decide, do you want to make this a permanent position or do you want me to do the absolute bare minimum and give you a trail map and walk out the door? And so having these kind of conversations constantly. Yeah put me in a position where I was just like, okay, this, this isn't really working. This isn't what I want to do. I don't want to constantly be looking for work, fighting for work, trying to convince people that I'm, that I'm worth. 
or trying to convince people of my worth. And then so I decided to just make a big life change, move somewhere where I thought I would have more opportunities because there was actually a GIS company where I moved to. Yeah. And then so I made this big move, gave up GIS where I had been, and then couldn't find a freaking job out there because the job market itself was so terrible that I ended up working in healthcare. And now I've been out of that field for so long that I don't think I could do what I went to school for. So I'm feeling super frustrated on a career level and I love podcasting. I really, truly do. But when you think that you're going to be this like high powered something that you went to school for six years and it was something like, I love GIS. That industry is so compelling to me. Yeah. And so I really did love my job (laughs) before I left, you know, mainstream employment to, to work for myself. I really and truly love GIS. So I think looking at like that big change and to making basically less than minimum wage now at this point, it's just like, Man, that's a huge, huge, huge perceived step back on my what I thought was going to be my plan. And then, and I love him to death, and he's an amazing person. But my roommate, and like actually both of them. Uh, so those of you who don't know my living situation, uh, my boyfriend and I live in the basement of very good friends of ours. So they are the same age as us. They mm-hmm. own the home we live in, which is big enough that they could give their basement to us. <laughs> so <laughs> they own their own home. They have an adorable baby. They're married. They're super happy. And he just got a job as a director. So I'm just like, oh, Adam, you're living my dream. God damn it. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I love you, but it's so in my face. <laughs> yep. And, you know, so all of that aside, um, you are currently living somebody else's dream. Very like true. You, very, you know, very true. What you are doing now is most definitely other, you know, whether or not it's the easiest thing in the world to do and it makes a ton of money. <laughs> That's a you whole are other living conversation. <laughs> right. But you are living somebody else's dream. And so it's hard, you know, it, it is very hard to um to just kind of let go of what you think is where you think you should be mm-hmm. versus where you want to be. And so, you know, that's where I am right now is that I am looking at it and saying, I feel like I should be somewhere. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not at the level that I want to be. So how am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. And so I had moments where I kind of had to mourn some dreams. Like I had to let go of some things like, you know, Hey, you may not be able to live in this area you may have to go further out in, in order to get the price range that you're looking for. Or if you want to live in that area, you're not going to be able to have a townhouse. You're probably going to have to live in a condo, a big building with underground parking mm-hmm. spaces and not your own parking and your own private entrance. <laughs> you know, and sacrifices you know, to say, need to be made. <laughs> right. And saying to myself, you know, you're going to have to let go of some of the things that you have in your head. And, you know, and it's hard because, you know, I just, I want things to be easier and sometimes they're not, you know? (laughs) So I get it. I mean, you know, and for you, it's not easy what you do. It's, you know, you make sacrifices in order to, to do the things that you are doing, which Mm -hmm. means that you don't have the ability to, to afford your own place to live. Um, you don't have 
the disposable income that you wish that you had. Um, and it's like, okay, well, what are the dreams that you want to, you know, cause <laughs> it, it literally is right now. And it's the same thing for me. It's like, you can't have everything right mm. now. So what are you willing to negotiate out Yeah, in order to have it in? Well, and that it kind of in general comes down to just flexibility then, right? It's like I had this super rigid plan for how my life was going to play out. And it's been very difficult to let go of that because it was just so ingrained. It's the kind of thing where, you know, I, I went to university. I hated it with a fiery passion because <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. But you have to go to university. Only slackers take a year off and figure out things and, you know, just pick a major and go do it. And, you know, I, I'm making my parents sound like, you know, crazy slave drivers, but they, they're really not. But it's just no. the kind of thing where when it's ingrained in you, because I was in the gifted program, so I always had very good marks and, and I was in a specialized program anyway. And it was very much like you are the cream of the crop. So therefore, cream of the crop goes to university. I never had any parent or teacher or guidance counselor talk to me about college, which actually would have fit me a whole lot better. Um, so I guess for you guys, so you call universities colleges, right? Uh, well, they're, I mean, you, we use them interchangeably. Okay. So university or college, it just depends on the size and the structure, but it's the school after high school. Okay, that you so pay for. we have like uh, basically universities are the kind of thing that you would go to if you want to be like a um, like a, a doctor, a lawyer, teacher, like those kind of professions. Then we have okay. colleges, which usually have shorter programs, so they have two or three year programs, and they're usually much more like hands on focused. If you want to be like a chef or a plumber or like a trade, then you go to college. So, okay. Okay. I should have been probably in college as opposed to university because I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or any of these things. Right. So uh, it's just that wasn't I kind of came out of that experience going, well, now what? I have no actual skill to offer the world. So what do I have to do? And then so then I went to college afterwards. And it's very much like when you have a, a plan or something ingrained in you the way your life is supposed to work then when it doesn't happen or if it needs to change, that can be really, really difficult. And just accepting that change is really, really yeah. difficult, especially if it's something that is out of your control. Yeah. Um, so I think the trying to be a little bit more flexible and, and maybe like not necessarily take it day by day, because I know for me, I can't do that. I need some sort of a goal. I need a plan. I need a, you know, like we are heading to X by this date <laughs> so yeah. then that that makes me happy I don't care I don't need like you know it every two weeks to have goals but I just like to have a path <laughs> so yeah. you know like well yeah you you want you know you are a GIS person you want a destination <laughs> you need a compass to go <laughs> yeah <the> exactly <laughs> I understand <Yes>. that <laughs> a course yes. a route <laughs> something yeah, to navigate because- it it mean it means that you have plotted your 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 path. You've you've set you've set your goals, you've set your destination, you said this is what I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. I'm exactly the same way as you. I don't feel good if I don't have something to like to have something that I'm working towards. And if I happen to achieve that, I'm always trying to work towards something else because yeah, I'm like, like, okay, so what's have... next? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, so it's that feeling of, you know. But in the process of charting that course of your life, 
you didn't always take into the account that you may have just taken a road stop someplace mm-hmm. or a detour or the road got blocked and you had to go go do something else to get around the creek. You know, it's <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's so many bridges have fallen in <laughs> and I have had to reroute. And I think that that is a, a big kind of force behind what has happened to both Jules and I and what has kind of led to some of these, um, I guess, well, Jules said it earlier on in the episode, some of these kind of depressive feelings and and feeling like you've fallen behind and feeling really upset about where you are now. And I think a lot of that happened to us because we had big things out of our control happen and, and we thought things were going to go one way and then had rugs pulled out from under us and had to start over. I mean, I've had two major things that times that I can think of where I've just had to totally start over and been totally blindsided. And usually, and this kind of leads more into what Jules was talking about, but usually when something like that happens, it has a huge financial price tag on it that you were not expecting. So I think that can make everything really hard and it can make it difficult to be flexible and it can make it difficult to, to move on because you're just like, but that highway was supposed to be there and it was supposed to get me there quickly. And now I have to take all these freaking side roads and I have to walk instead of my car. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. which means it's going to make it more difficult and stressful and painful. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it wasn't what I had had hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like, you know, I, I, I had to kind of go and I'm still kind of doing it. I'm going through somewhat of a mourning process because mm. I have to let go of some dreams that were on the verge of becoming true. And so, you know, doesn't mean that they can't come true right away. I just have to put them off for a while Yeah, and reroute my plans to be able to get to that point. Um, we have talked about, a lot about grief. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kind of realized, like we've talked about yeah. grief and mourning and letting go. And it seems to be a real central theme to a lot of this is just how to deal with these feelings of sadness, regardless of what the demon is, regardless of where it comes from. It seems like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is just like how to deal with being upset, how to deal with being sad and how to deal with disappointment. Yes. And, you know, it's, it, it brings up a, a wonderful um, kind of conversation. I, I really do think that a lot of people who are, are, are coming up in the next generation haven't been given the right tools to be able to deal with that level of disappointment because it was prote- they were protected from it or mm-hmm. they didn't get the opportunity to fail um, because their parents were too afraid to allow them to fail. They just kept them, you know, going. And, you know, I... Nobody wants to fail. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to lose. Nobody wants to have something come crashing down around them. But it's what you do when you're in the face of it. Well, it's Make life, it right? Yeah. <laughs> because life is not easy. It's not it's not pretty and it's not wrapped up in a little bow. It and it's not predictable. Like, you know, like you said earlier, Joss, I mean, those bumps in the road come out at you and then what are you going to do? And um The other thing to acknowledge, too, is that grief is like taboo in this world. Mm. People are afraid of it. They're not willing to acknowledge it publicly. They don't know how to deal with someone who is grieving or sad or upset. And sometimes it's literally like, yeah, it really does suck. (laughs) You know, and I, I mean, I was 
I thought of this the other day and I was like, I should say this to you in Discord. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to say it on the show. Because <laughs> I think it's a good point. Because sometimes, like what we do, and this is no secret, we have our own channel in Discord that sometimes when we're just needing to vent or frustrated about something, we just say it. And I think that it's necessary sometimes to just, and not necessarily like, I'm a fixer by nature. Like I will literally <laughs> jump at something and be like, here's what I can think you could do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to be better as people. And I'm going to do this with Jocelyn and Nevermore to say, are you looking for advice? Or are you just looking to vent? Yeah. <laughs> either one is fine. I just want to make sure that I don't overstep you. <laughs> and you, and you don't, you don't overstep. And, and I know I know, do. You don't have nine, to, you know, I, nine times I out of 10, I want your advice, <laughs> but I know that you don't, you always don't. And that's not a bad thing because it's, it's, it's what we do when we help people or when we we're friends with people is we automatically want to help them and fix it. Yep. And sometimes they just want time to just be heard and just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just say, this fucking sucks. And I need you to hear me say this. And so my goal and my promise, and I'll tell this never more to when, when we get off here is I'm going to literally just say to you advice or vent. And if you say vent, I'm going to be like, bring it (laughs) (laughs) because I don't want to be, you know, like we're, we're out there in the world trying to fix things, but there are some people that don't even know how to deal with the venting part. You know, like you don't know how to handle someone who just needs to go blah. I feel like I go blah all the time. I feel like I do it on the show. I do it like (laughs) in the discord. I do it just all the time. I'm just, yeah, I am one of those people that, um, the longer I hold it in, the worse it gets. I very much need to hear it out loud. And yeah. once I hear it out loud, I can then say, oh my God, you sound ridiculous. Or, well, clearly this is the solution or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I usually feel a lot better and it allows me to move on. Once yeah. I've just said it out loud, like <laughs> I can just be like, okay, this thing is bothering me. Shbleh. And then I'm like, oh, Huh. I just, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what typically happens. She comes into Discord and goes, Bleh, and then and disappears. And, yeah. and it's like, well, are you okay? <laughs> Ten hours later, oh yeah, I'm fine. I just need to just split. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a verb now. Yeah. It's got it. It's just a split. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> but Remember this when you're talking to friends or people who are in your inner circle is that a lot of times we do tend to try to fix it rather than just allowing them space to vent about it. And it's okay. It's okay to vent about these things. It's okay to bring it up. It's not okay just to get stuck in it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot what a lot of people do. and And everybody who is listening to this podcast can probably raise their hand if they know somebody who will come to them with the same old shit every single time and vent about it. And then they go away and they come back and they're venting about the same old shit again and nothing changes. Yep. So I know I, I used to have this at work all the time is you just get in these like circly venti conversations and you have the same conversation usually multiple times a week. And it's just like, Oh my God, I hate Carol. She's so stupid. She can't do her job and it's so easy. And why won't Carol just blah? And then two days later, Oh my God, I hate Carol. She's the worst. (laughs) She can't do her job. Like 
we know Carol's an idiot. We know she can't do her job. Move on. <laughs> yeah, come up with another record because this one's worn out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, play me another tune. Yeah. I apologize to anyone who's listening whose name is Carol. I literally pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm sure you're great at your job. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, there is there is so much... Um, that is out there in terms of, you know, if you're listening to this show, you're, 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 you know, most of the people who listen to this show are, are very, um, appreciative that we're talking about things that are like, you know, sitting there and buzzing around in your head, but you're too afraid to talk about them. And, you know, it's okay to do that with the right people and to get that sometimes just to get it out there. Like Jocelyn said, Put it, put a like words into it and put it into a face. And sometimes you realize how ridiculous it is. <laughs> and sometimes you realize like, this is a major issue that I need to really, I need to face. I, I, I had this conversation, this very conversation about kind of feeling behind and being frustrated with my parents. And I was, you know, pretty upset. And they were just like, you know, they just said, look, it's not, it hasn't been that long for you. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been, you know, and I'm the most impatient person sometimes in the world where I'm just like can this just be done already can I just move on and have like this finished and um it's it's not easy it's not easy like you can't I'm not the best person to wait for shit like I just don't (laughs) well the concept of time is really difficult too right because like you just said you you feel like you're so behind But realistically, I think your parents are right. It has not been very long. Like you had this major life 180 and now we're, you know, what, a year past that kind of year and a year and like three months, which to me feels like an eternity. And yet people are like, well, that's nothing, Jules. And I'm like, but to me, it feels like an eternity. Like I should be done with this shit now. Like I should be this. This should be you should be back on your feet. And I think that part of that comes from the fact that we don't know how much time we have left. So the time that we're like right now, we feel like we maybe should have done more with that last year and a bit, you know, or we should be further. We should have gotten to a a destination, whatever that destination may be. And I think that, you know, instead of looking at it like that, be like, because I know I'm, I'm so guilty of this. I look at, because my birthday's coming up in July, same as Jules for birthday buddies. Um, and I look at my birthday coming up and I go, oh my shit, I'm going to be 33. I'm so freaking old. And I know those words are coming out of my mouth and Jules is sitting here going, shut the front door. I have 10 years on you. You have tons of time to do things. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> so you it's know what, all though? relative and you just have to think yeah. about like, you've experienced X number of years already, but that's like... It just, it warps your concept of time and it warps your idea of where you should be and what you should be doing and how far along you should be. And really like, I'm still kind of (laughs) young and to, and it's funny because I think of myself as so old because I am literally today the oldest I've ever been. (laughs) Like that's how it works. Gee, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. (laughs) What are the chances? (laughs) (laughs) but it you know but the thing is like literally I get you I get I get why you feel the way you do because the it it, because I I relate to it Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you are you know yeah okay 
I've got 10 years on you and you've got so much time, blah, blah, blah. But it's not where you want to be. So that's what's most important in my mind is like you're not happy with what it is that you're doing at the moment. So, you know, my fixer brain goes, okay, so what are you going to do to change it? Mm -hmm. And when you're ready, you'll come to that point. And when you're ready, you know, it'll, it'll happen. My, my struggle is it, for me is like, I sit there and I look at it and I say, well, I shoulda, I shoulda, you know, mm. it's like, it's all about shouldas. And I've had this conversation in the past to say, it doesn't matter as long as you're, you know, I, I have to be better at comparing some of that. Like I, I have made progress and I have moved forward and I have like, done things to further the goals damn straight you Uh, have (laughs) yeah it's just that i don't give myself enough credit for it which is totally normal and typical of me yeah so and it's the same thing for you you don't give yourself enough credit for the things that you've accomplished you've added what two podcasts to your to your um two or three podcasts to your your uh, list of ones from the last year Mm -hmm. is it three uh, well, it, it depends if you count Embrace the Spoilers or not, because uh, Slaying Demons is new, Four Azeroth is new, and those are weekly shows, and then yeah. Embrace the Spoilers is kind of uh, seasonal, I guess. Like, yeah. whenever there's something new to cover, then we do a set of usually, like, 10-ish episodes to cover it. Yeah. So, You know, you've, you've created tre- tremendous, much more content than you have in the last year. You know, pre the year previous. Oh yeah, more than yeah, more than doubled because I used to just do two shows, and even then, um, Angry Chicken. Now we do um, multiple streams on top of the actual show itself. So yeah, yeah. In terms of content creation, and I mean, if you count get nailed, then there's that too. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. In terms of content creation, yeah, I've, I've more than doubled the content that I'm putting out there. Yeah. So you're not just sitting around being idle in terms of your career. You are building and, and growing upon the things because you did. You had a revelation last year where you were like, hey, I realized that streaming is not where I want to put my focus in. And my love is in podcasting. And that's what I'm going to do. And boy, you did it. Mm-hmm. And you don't give yourself enough credit for it. So I'm giving <laughs> it to you now. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because, you know, when I when I stopped doing regular game streaming, when I when I focus on podcasts, it's it feels like I like not necessarily that I'm doing less because it's just that the things that I'm doing, I'm actually enjoying like even playing games, which is something I now have to do because, you know, I have to play Hearthstone for Angry Chicken. I have to play whatever the new hotness is for gamers in. Um, I have to play Warcraft for, for Azeroth. So having to actually play these things and have that be my job essentially feels like then I'm slacking. Because those are the things that I used to do as like fun times. Yeah. So it feels like I'm doing less because I'm enjoying it more when really I'm just like, no, this is how it is supposed to feel, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is a it, it, it's, it's an interesting life that you have and I, that I have, too. And so, it you know, the the things that you have to remember going forward is like give yourself the credit for the things that you have accomplished and not that you're a lazy slacker who has not done a thing that's Mm going to further your goals for the future. Yeah. Um, Traditional doesn't necessarily mean better, which I think is something else that I I need to kind of wrap my head around too, because I know, especially when I get out of our little podcaster internet bubble, um, it's really difficult. 
Um, like talking to, you know, like, uh, my mom's 60th birthday. So we had all of the, like my aunts and uncles and fans and family and friends and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, so wait, you paint your nails and people watch you and this is your job. Like, don't you think that maybe you should have like an actual career? You're in your thirties. Like, what are you doing? And like, you're like people actually give me money so that they will paint my my nails on the stream and talk to them. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, but that's them not understanding it. And um, you know, I I've had the same exact thing happen to me as well. But you have to be able to embrace the fact that you're proud of what you do. Yes, yeah, and and that's been that's been probably the hardest lesson to learn with this choice of career versus a more traditional one, where you know like. Everyone understands, I'll use my, my roommate again as an example, like everyone understands that he got promoted to director. You know, it's yeah. very hierarchical. Like you start at the bottom, there's a ladder, you're entry level, then you manage, then you direct, then you CEO something, you know, yep. and then there's presidents and, you know, like it's a very easy hierarchy for people to understand. But when you talk about working for yourself and doing internet radio and it's just people don't understand. And so you're not getting the validation from people outside of you. So you need to be even more on top of telling yourself how awesome you are. <laughs> and that can be very difficult. It, it doesn't come easily to me. I know it doesn't come easily to you either, Jules. And I think that, you know, there are plenty of people in the world that it comes easily to, but <laughs> I am not one of them. So... I, I need to kind of make that little bit of an attitude adjustment to feel like I'm not so far behind and to feel like I'm proud of what it is that I do. Yeah, I, I will say it did help me when my my parents embraced the work that I was doing because they saw it. They saw what I was doing. They watched they watched what I did on Triple T. They've watched the streams for uh, at the party at BlizzCon. They've watched it. They've seen it. They see the work and they know how hard I work. And then it was like, we get it, honey. We, you know, you may make a living playing video games in, in a sense <laughs> or around playing video games, but it's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for you, it's just about your, um, you know, your entertainment for people, the knowledge that you share, the community that you've created, the fun then, and, and, you know, fun times that people have because they've been bonded by you, you know, it, bonded it's by sparkles, Jules. Let's be honest. Friendships have been created and destroyed through the sparkle system. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> the sparkles tell you everything. It's like they're fortune tellers. <laughs> but the, the curve, as we say, you know, and that we both struggle with, is in our heads mm -hmm. and it's the, the bar that we compare ourselves to others with. And it will always be a demon because we don't live in a vacuum Yeah, and we don't live, you know, we live our lives around social media and people who are in contact with us. And so we are going to be always in comparison with others. You just have to manage it in your own head. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably, <laughs> Oh man, chat room, I heart you. Um, I think, and oh no, I forgot to forgot to start no the bot. bot. <laughs> no bot. No oh, bot. I'm sorry, guys. Um, 
I think that's going to do it for us tonight. That was a really, really great conversation. We absolutely missed the awesome Nevermore visuals that I know she would have had at multiple points during the conversation tonight. Um, you can find her on Twitter. She's over at Quoted Nevermore if you would like to follow her. You can send your demons in to demonspodcast at gmail.com, or you can also hit us up on Twitter. We're at demonspodcast. As well, uh, if you want to join a live conversation, you can do so over at discord.gg slash jossplays. We have two separate chat rooms for Slaying Demons Talk. One is PG and one is whatever the hell you want to talk about with all of the swearing and all of the sex. It's all in there. It's super fun. <laughs> you guys should go check it out. Again, that's Swearing it. is sex is fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, discord.gg slash Joss plays uh, Slaying Demons. Uh, I think, I believe it's called the 18 plus channel. So yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. head on over there. It's a, There's a lot of really good conversations and a lot of people helping other people that are happening in those uh, chat rooms. So very much uh just want everybody in there and chatting because like i said whenever i split about stuff it makes me feel better so maybe that'll work for you too and it's always easier to type things out than say them out loud at least for me so which is kind of ironic considering what i'm currently doing but anyways <laughs> jules where can folks find you on the internets Find me on Twitter at Jules RPG, and you can find me uh, at my other podcast, which is Torrin Think Tank, on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central, uh, twitch.tv slash Torrin Think Tank. And uh, yeah, we have a really awesome community over there, too. So if you like slaying demons, you probably like Triple T. I agree. How did your, uh, I haven't had a chance to listen yet. How did your episode go on the whole job thing? Which I definitely should go listen if this episode of Slaying Demons is any kind of indicator. <laughs> right? It was actually great. And, you know, the the information that our guest, uh, Lisa, had shared with us. Um, like, I realized that I suck at LinkedIn and I need to get better at it, even <laughs> though I hate it. Like, I hate LinkedIn because it feels so fake. Yes, I agree. Oh, I hate it, but it is a good tool for people because she said something like 80% of positions are filled by networking. That makes sense. Like, yeah. I mean, I have my current job because of someone I know, you yeah. know, um, we've gotten podcast guest hosts, you know, it's because of, you know, the stuff that, that we, you know, I met Jocelyn because we network together, you yep. know, like it's just. <laughs> This, it, it's true, but a lot of us hate it. So mm -hmm. it was a really good episode. It was uh, the most recent one that we did. Um, and uh, we had a guest who specializes in jobs and finding people jobs and that kind of stuff. So check it out. Twitch.tv slash Think all right, that's going to do it for us this week. You find me on all of the interweb places. I'm at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. We will see you next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, Cinder. I appreciate that. Yeah. We basically, uh, I just say that off the top of the show because a lot of people don't necessarily um, understand what the show is about <laughs> if they're brand spanking new to it. And uh, yeah, there's also, you know, just the whole idea of like, as much as we try to be like everyone's best friends and good sounding boards and give good advice, we are not professionally trained. And some of the topics that we have covered in the past, uh, including things like, I mean, we've talked suicide, we've talked grief, we've talked just all, all kinds of kind of heavy, heavy stuff. Um, basically we just wanted to make sure that people know that it's all of our personal experiences and opinions. And, yeah. uh, we are very, very heavy, like hitting advocates for therapy. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is, this show is like real, like we get into the, like 
there's there's no filter, you know, it's yeah. the side of us that you wouldn't see on our other our other podcasts. So it can be a little bit surprising, raw. I guess, <laughs> and raw. We've all of us have cried on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just it is a it's kind of a confessional. And um, but we have found that by sharing our experiences with others, we've connected so much more with them. Mm-hmm. And because we've like, it started literally with the three of us just learning and and connecting with each other. And we felt like it it became a way for us to share it with the world and also help other people who are going through the same things as us. Cause we found like there was so many like crossover lines. Yeah. Wait, you're struggling with that. I'm struggling with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's nice. You know, I look at this as my therapy every week because I don't get to talk about this stuff on my other show and you know, I don't really splatter it all over social media because I'm not looking for sympathy. I just mm-hmm. want to talk about it, you know, and open the conversation. That's what podcasting does. So. Well, and we've heard from quite a lot of people over the last, I guess it's probably been what, five or six months now we've been doing the show. October, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, we're right before BlizzCon we started. It was, yeah, it was a few weeks before BlizzCon because I think we had um <laughs> oh, Swex is saying I teared up at work because of you jerks hearts. We're a big bunch of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny because I'm pretty sure Swex works at like an auto plant, so I can just see like <laughs> Big, like, because I think Swex is also, like, although pictures where I've seen how tall I think Swex is, he's standing next to his wife, Jen, who is, like, I think four foot ten. So uh, my idea of how big Swex is might be a little bit confused, but I'm picturing this, like, big, burly auto worker crying (laughs) about our podcast, and it just, it's a great visual, Swex. Thanks for sharing. (laughs) It's okay for men to cry. I know, I know. It just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a bunch of manly men. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh we've had we've heard from a lot of people saying that um us opening up about our experiences and things have kind of helped them in turn to either open up to us or open up to their loved ones and kind of have the conversations that a lot of people have been keeping inside and there've been a couple that have said, you know, like you actually helped me through this really difficult time or I finally told so-and-so about such and such a thing that I've been keeping inside for years and it just makes everyone feel better. And so that was basically the the whole point of coming up with the show was uh, to open up the lines of communication by sharing our own personal stories. And I mean, there is stuff that I've said on the show that I've never said out loud before that I've never talked to anybody about. And it's... um, somewhat jarring yeah like you've never said this to anybody and you're willing to open it up to hundreds of listeners like you know it was the kind of anonymously yeah it was the kind of thing where I was just like all right you know what like this stuff needs to be said it's you know I've I've kept it in and it's the whole put on a brave face and fuck that like you know what if I can help people by you know being a snotty sniveling covered in tears mess then you know all right because I think this is um the most important show that I do I think because it makes the biggest difference as much as I absolutely love all my gaming podcasts I feel like slaying demons actually makes a difference so it's my favorite I think it's my most important work (laughs) it is I mean this this work is uh is something that I'm like super proud of and it literally just kind of it just kind of just it, it formed it, it happened and it didn't mm-hmm. have to be forced and it was just yeah um but that is one thing like I I mean I 
I wanted to be more, more open and more because I wasn't able to be that way. Everything was behind a glass wall. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, wasn't allowed to say certain things that, you know, it was about a facade or a, a certain persona that you were supposed to put out there. And it's like, you know what? I do swear. And I do have the really <laughs> bad feelings and yeah. I do cry and I get really mad sometimes and it's okay. You know? Yeah. And, uh, it would be really weird though. If I go on triple T and I start swearing up a storm, cause that would be like totally, it's been like <laughs> four and a half years. And then people were like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> Well, and that's kind of the other thing is that and it's not necessarily that we're um, like putting on a show or we aren't ourselves on our other shows, but they're just different environments and different audiences. And, you know, to, to have an outlet has been really important, at least for me, uh, just to, to have somewhere to, to be fully myself and fully open and fully honest and, and talk about a lot of these things is uh, it's it, like Jill said, it's like therapy every week. So thanks yeah. guys for, for listening and helping us out because, you know, as much as you say you help us or that we help you, you help us as well. So oh. like, it's definitely a two way street and um, it's just, it's been great to go through some of the things that we've, that we've gone through and that we've talked about on the show um, with a very supportive chat room with, um, just, just everyone being vocal. <laughs> like yeah. I was, I was kind of expecting, um, because there are a lot of very difficult topics, I was kind of expecting no feedback, like yes. no talking, no nothing, because people were just like, no, these things are too difficult. I can't talk. I don't want to talk. Um, but just, there's been constant feedback when we record live and then there's the conversations that go on in the discord afterwards. There's the emails that get sent in. And I feel like there's a level of interaction that I really wasn't expecting. So then that has made it all that much more rewarding, not to mention the people we actually met at BlizzCon who even, you know, three and four episodes in were like, Oh my God, you changed my life. And this has been amazing. I'm like, really? <laughs> no one's ever said that to me about five years of gamers in. <laughs> So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a heady feeling. Like when yeah. you can, you know, when people say like, I listened to one episode and then I bridged the entire thing cause I couldn't stop listening to you guys. Like that is huge. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was the same thing. I did not expect the numbers of people that are listening to this show. And it just, and because like my goal, like I believe that we need to be more open and honest and truthful about ourselves, about our lives in general, like, because we, we just, we're so afraid to tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> we're so afraid to, to be truthful with each other and not, you know, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. You don't want to say the truth because it doesn't, you know, if you care about someone, the truth matters. And so that's, that's where it's been the goal for this the whole yeah. time. I love it. Me too. So much Yay. therapy. Oh, it's been, you know, like I've gotten done with the show and I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. Like, yeah, dreaded like coming on and doing it. And then I'm like, oh, I feel so much better than I said it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, like yeah. I said, the whole saying it out loud thing works so well for me. I'm just like, here's all my shit. Yay. Yeah. I don't have to carry it anymore. It's on you guys, suckers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally get you, girl. <laughs> oh, so funny. Uh, I mean, I'll, I don't, I, I remember coming on to the, one of the first episodes and one of the first episodes where I talked about not having my identity anymore. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like I had my, and 
that was so hard. You have no idea how hard that was to talk about because it was like, um, it was so raw and it was so painful. And I'm like, I'm going to say this in front of how many people. And I'm going to say this on a live stream and it could go anywhere and someone, they could misinterpret this, but it's like, I'm just going to go do it. And it was like, oh, and it helped. Like it was so huge to be able to say that because it, it, it that was helped. literally episode one. I just went was back and looked at the one? note, it, the notes. Yeah. yeah. It was the very was the first, first one. one. Yeah. I was terrified. I was terrified to do it. And I'm like, you got, you have to do this because this is what you're going through. And this is a real and raw and, and situational thing that you are going through right now. And nobody knows about it because you don't talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it was, it was huge for me to do that. Like it changed everything. Patrick Kimmel's making me feel so bad now. He's like, until the day Joss realizes people carry your shit for the rest of their lives. Man. <laughs> Boy, you know, like they're laying on their deathbed. I'm like, that poor Jocelyn Moffat. I feel yeah. so bad for her. And I'm just like, got it off my chest. Splat. Is it splat or splat? I don't know. It changes every time I say it. Okay, I want to make sure. I will accept any spelling of split. <laughs> it is the best term I have heard in 2017 by far. Uh, yeah, it should definitely be the next word in the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> you know, they well, they, they add new words every year. I'm saying yes. it should be a candidate. That's all I'm saying. Please integrate. We're going to have to start it on social media, make it yeah. into a meme, turn it into something that it's tweet- retweeted virally everywhere. And uh... <laughs> Exactly. And then, then I will be immortalized. Maybe that should be my goal. Getting a word in the dictionary. Split. 